Warning, we are about to spoil Tokyo Godfathers. If you haven't seen the film or plan on watching it, then click away now. Or if you've already seen it or you just don't care, then please stick around. Is life nothing but pain? Why do we always just want to throw ourselves away, feel like we are not wanted by others? Just go and suffer all on our lonesome until it comes to a pitiful end. It's Christmas! Christmas, yay! Woo! Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cinema Roulette. Satoshi Kai! Yep, today we are finally, finally on Satoshi Kon. My man. Oddly, with the movie, I will recommend people start with if they're not used to surrealism. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, uh, this is, is this the second Soshkan we did because Paranoid Agent, right? Technically, yes. Technically. So, um, if you, speaking of which, you can listen to our Paranoid Agent episode now on all broadcasting apps. On all podcast apps and on YouTube. Yes. Yeah, that one's on YouTube. Yes. Unlike most things after episode 109. I still love that we went to check on the Man With No Name one, and it was the episode after I stopped posting on <laughs> YouTube, which I need to do. They, like we've said, audience, they're literally just sitting in my computer on a hard drive. They might be up by now. They yeah. should be up by now. That's Isn't that right, Cameron? <laughs> you want five slaps, boy? I don't. Fine. It won't be five. It'll be for everyone that isn't up or done by me. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, this is... Uh, which number was it? Because Perfect Blue was his first one, right? This is Excuse his third me. movie. Third movie. Paprika was his last full-length feature. That's right. So, this is the third movie he did, and this is A Tokyo Godfathers. No, just Tokyo Godfathers, not A Tokyo Godfathers. I was saying that just for emphasis. Take you someplace nice and warm. Where you going? The cop shops that way. This bundle of joy is a Christmas present sent from God. <laughs> She's our baby now. Huh? Ah, the silence. Like looking out the window on a cold winter's night. You didn't want to say silent night? But then it would have to be a holy night as well. It is a holy night. It's Christmas. That is also true. This is our Christmas episode. It's not in December because fuck you. Yeah, not in December, but it is in fact our Christmas episode because we don't really do Christmas episodes. Halloween, on the other hand. Halloween, everyone can celebrate. Yeah. Why don't you do Christmas episodes? I'll, we'll explain at some point. Not today. Yeah. We have quite a bit to cover with this one, actually. So. Yeah. Maybe we'll explain if we ever release that one episode. <laughs> Where we'll be like, what we say about this uh, at the beginning is entirely false. This is a lie. Yes. Because that was the time we were going to do like a whole month of it. But decide. Uh, well, one, we ran out of time. Yeah. Just bad management. And then we were like, fuck that. I think actually Tokyo Godfathers was on that wheel. I think you're right. It was. But anyway. That's a different story. Yes. This is the story of three hobos and a baby. Mm-hmm. But there are three hobos. Oz, Mayuki, Hana, and Jin. It is Christmas. Christmas night. They go dig... They argue a bit. They go digging through some trash, and 
surprisingly, they find a baby. Uh, Hannah is a, or Hannah, is a trans woman and is actually very happy to have a baby. They've always wanted to be a mother. Mm -hmm. Seeing it as a Christmas miracle, she wants to keep the baby. Jin and... Uh, Mayuki? Miyuki. Miyuki. I want to say it right, and I keep double-guessing myself. It's okay, yeah. Miyuki and Jin are both like, uh, let's just take it to the cops? Someone's probably looking for the baby? Yeah. Can we not do this right now? <laughs> but instead, they keep it for a bit. And they, they get some food, they get water, and just keep it warm for the night instead of leaving it out on the street during winter. Mm-hmm. Next morning, uh, Hana is missing. They go find her, her, and it's like, okay, let's find the parents and then ask what the fuck. Is it Hana or Hannah? Hana. Okay. They pronounce, They say in the movie. Gotcha. At least in the dub, I may be saying it wrong. Yeah. So it turns into... There was also a key with the baby, so they go and check that. They find a locker with a good... A bit of supplies, and get in a, find a couple of foes and figure. Okay, these are the parents. Go find them. They stop by. Uh, Miyuki is also a runaway. We find out later, but and I will explain when we get there. Yeah, she's basically homeless by choice. Yeah, she's homeless by choice while on a train to go to the to a nightclub that they found owned uh, business cards for in the bags. The train gets stopped due to snow. She sees someone. It's her father. <laughs> but sees her, her father and runs off the train. Jin and Hana follow. They stop by a cemetery. They get... And some reason find diapers and baby formula. Just lying there for them. Because there's a lot of mir Christmas miracles in this movie. Yes. It's kind of the theme of the movie. Yeah. Or one of them, I should say. There's so many things. Um, while they're going around, they looking for this nightclub, they, they see a car that's parked kind of weird. Turns out there's a man stuck under it about to be run over by his own car. <laughs> Jesus. He's a mafia boss. <laughs> they save him and go to the wedding gang free food and gang some, gang some money as well. But one slight problem. Jin mentioned in his back towards a backstory with Han Hana. I'm trying to say it right. You're good. Yeah. That he used to be a cyclist, but he threw a race, and that's the reason he became homeless. Because he got caught basically cheating and lost all his money. And also that his family is dead. None of this is true. Well, part of it is true. <gasps> At the Mafia Wang, turns out the main groom is the person who completely fucked his life, and Jin has been drinking a lot. Mm -hmm. Jin goes to swing a ball at the man. However, due to this being a Mafia Wang, a fucking hitman shows up. Just before Jin is able to hit the groom, the assassin tries to shoot the mob boss. The groom jumps in front of the mob boss, taking the bullet, and the assassin runs, grabbing a... Miyuki, who had the baby in her hands, and runs off with them, kind of kidnapping both of them. Mm-hmm. Jin and Hana go, go trying to look for Miyuki, but Jin gives up. 
Han calls him a, a loser. Leaves. Jin finds a old, a dying old homeless man. Gives him one, one last drink as kind of a night with him. And then eventually the old man dies. Jin figures out due to something in the in the old man's tent that he knows the location on where the family's picture was taken. Mm-hmm. However, he gets beat up by, by some shit kids because kids suck. <laughs> yeah. We also find out uh, Mayuki stabbed her dad. Like, just stabbed her dad because she... I guess she was assuming he killed her cat or just let it go. Yeah, she was very mad about the cat. And also, we don't find out too much, but he was probably a shit dad with the things she says in a flashback. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pause real quick because I realize there's going to be a few heavy themes throughout this movie. Uh, There is also a... There's talks of feeling of worthlessness. There are talks of suicide. There, so there's a, there is attempted suicide. There is an attempted suicide as well. There is that hint of abuse, but it doesn't go too much into it, so we probably won't cover much. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's I will just, say. Yeah. But if those sound a bit, there's also kidnapping, uh, loss of a child. So if any of those sound. Uh, too far for you in some way. I would suggest kind of stopping the episode now. Sorry I didn't mention it earlier. Mm-hmm. But it's before we get to it, so I'm still a-okay. I yep. <laughs> Come back next time? I don't know if you have to leave on that. Yeah, thank you. We love you guys. Thanks. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Miyuki is taken back to the assassin's house. And just, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Not being like held at gunpoint or anything, she starts talking to a woman who's there. We never really get a straight answer if it's his wife or mother. Mm-hmm. If the it's the assassin's wife or mother. Oh no, she has a kid. She's sitting here, the other kid that was yeah. brought in. Because he kidnaps uh, Miyuki with the kid. Yeah, with the baby. Jesus. And actually, the baby gets some breast milk, so that's nice. Yep. Some actual breast milk. Mm-hmm. We also see a hint that uh, while Han's looking around that she coughs up blood. But due to the baby's cries, Hana finds Muki and they're back together. <laughs> um, Jin is just kind of dying in an alley and all of a sudden an angel shows up and would you like my magic or an ambulance? An ambulance. <laughs> God damn it. How rude. It turns out he's an actual real person. It was the real person. Who's just dressed up like an angel and they work in the nightclub. Yeah. A nightclub that Hana and Miyuki are actually hanging to because that's where Hana's mother is. Yep. But as it turns out. <laughs> as it tur- Jin's also there. Jin's also there. Yeah. Because it was one of the girls there. I was like, where are you going with this? Oh, right. Yeah. They rescued Jin. <laughs> yeah. They all rescued Jin. So everyone's back together. Um, after a nice talk and Han realizing her mother does accept her for what has, for everything that's happened. We also find out Han used to have a husband that passed away. Mm-hmm. I do like that quickly. I, I know it's more for later, but I do like that they brought up, did he die of AIDS? And it's like, no, he just happened to slip and fall basically. Yeah. It was just some crazy accident that could have happened to anyone. 
So. Yeah, but also bringing up actual fear with that line because it is uh, it's sort of like the nightclub from Birdcage. It's very yeah <laughs> symbolic, <laughs> not symbolic, flamboyant. Very flamboyant. Oh yes, very to say the least. Yes. I'm pretty sure um, her mom is also a trans woman. So I don't know if we get that for sure. No, but it looks like it from that. Uh, they. They go throughout the city again because they find Jin's two other photo. It's like, okay, we gotta go there. And they do make it there. And Mayuki realizes, oh, we are here. The house is burnt down or destroyed, basically. Well, not burnt down. Like, half of it's just gone, basically. Yeah. And, like, they try to say, like, um, like oh, they were up to their ears in debt and they came and collected stuff from their house. But that doesn't explain how it got so destroyed like yeah i don't know if they just took a fucking wrecking ball to it or what yeah, just quit halfway through <laughs> god damn it brain what really want to know were you thinking of miley cyrus's wrecking ball i was thinking of hannah on the fucking <laughs> okay <laughs> We get a bit of gossip from the neighbors of the house, but nothing really comes through. Mm-hmm. And then Hana collapses. Yeah. They rush Hana to the hospital. We don't find out what's wrong with her exactly. Just she needs rest. She needs rest and she's coughing up blood. Like they and, say, like, eh, she's not doing well. She needs rest. And, and a good diet. And a good diet. And uh, Jin brings up the point. You can't really get that while being fucking homeless. Yeah, we're kind of homeless here. Dyer's like, I can't do what you want me to do. Yeah. (laughs) But also, while at the hospital, we did find out between this time that Jin's uh, family is alive, unlike what he said. Yeah, and uh, Hannah's not too happy because he essentially lied to her. Oh, that's not the only moment. It's more of when he really turns out the nurse there who's checking them out is his daughter and during a conversation he tries to cover up with white lies to say try and basically make her not worry yeah and his daughter's getting married and isn't mad about him leaving it it seems like it'll all work out and then hana fucking snaps at him admits all the lies that he was trying to say and then storms out Basically with the idea that if his, <sighs> if his daughter does actually respect him, it won't matter. Yeah. Which is a fucking intense scene. It really is. Um, Hana and Mayuki go off to, to try and return the baby. Cause Hana even says, like, after all this, you should go home. Jin can go home. Yep. And I will go wherever... We can all just end this. And as they're walking, they... Jin also sees that the police are looking for the baby because the baby was stolen. What? Mm-hmm. And as they're walking back, uh, me, Mayuki is asking Han, like, well, what are you going to do? I forget what they were saying as sort of a joke almost. It was basically like, oh, um, Hannah was saying like, oh, I'm so, I've been so bad and we should, the parents are probably worried and sick. And she's like, that's what we've been saying from the beginning. Oh, that, and then she's just like, oh, they're probably worried sick. They're probably ready to jump off a bridge. And literally we yeah. see someone gang up to do it. They stop her beforehand and it turns out 
It's the mother. Yep. What a coincidence. Yes. What a nice, happy coincidence. That is a great coincidence. Why is there still 20 minutes to the runtime? Yeah. <laughs> Jin goes to a location. I forget where they found it. it. No, he found it in the burnt out house. Yes. And finds the husband to this wife who is living in just trash but still with an apartment. Yeah. He's, he's also a gambler, like Jin used to be. Yeah, like a deadbeat gambler, so. But finds out the it's not the wife's kid. She stole that baby. <laughs> and she she's just kind of convinced herself it's her baby. Yeah, she's kind of mental, so fortunate. Yeah, she's she's gone a bit crazy because she lost her own child. Yep. Jesus Christ. Ah, oh, such a fun Christmas movie. <laughs> but either way, they... The two who... And I'm... Uh, Mayuki hand over the baby thinking they found the mother going and celebrating New Year's Eve. Uh, then Jin catches up because he was about to run off to find the not-mother. Yep. Runs at them, explains to them what's going on, and then they're on a chase to find this fucking baby. Yep. <laughs> they find the not mother with the baby at a playground. Turn this turns into a fucking car chase. They end up crashing into a mall. That baby should be super dead. <laughs> yeah. But you know, <laughs> the not mother takes it to the root roof of the mall that they crash into. A helicopter is there because a fucking truck just crashed into a mall yeah. in the middle of Tokyo. Well, that it's a news helicopter too, so they're like, we see the people on the roof. Yeah. The mother's about to jump off with the baby to start a new life. Luckily, we get enough of a moment to stop her. <laughs> Mayuki grabs her before she falls off the edge. Jin and Hana make it to the roof, grab Mayuki's legs. Well, Jin grabs Mayuki's legs. Hana goes for the baby. The baby falls. Hana goes, grabs the baby. Almost fucking not. Grabs it, but <laughs> slips off the roof. Luckily, grabs a fucking in flag that is pushed up by the wind. And then is able to safely make it to the ground. Oh my fucking god. Everyone's in the fucking hospital. The parents get their baby back. And... With that, uh, the investigator of the missing baby's case brings the parents over because they want to ask uh, all three of them to be the baby's godparents. Yep. And it turns out the cop is Miyuki's dad. And we just kind of end there. Yeah. All a happy coincidence. Godfathers. Let's um. talk your godfathers. What the fuck do we start with? Jesus Christ. We can start with something happy. Yeah. Uh, the actual positive trans representation. Yes, that was something that... This was made in what, 03, 06? Uh, 03, see. I think. 03, you're right, it was 03. Yep. Um, this was made in 2003, and this was the early 2000s. And this is back when, you know, trans representation was still largely largely seen as, like, a joke in a lot of the media. A joke or disgusting. Like, being gay or being trans was still very much a punchline. Um, and, yeah, you know, Sukutoshi Khan being the awesome person that he was, like... He was just like, yeah, no, fuck it. <laughs> Go against the stereotypes. And it's really nice uh, to see Hana. So yeah. she's a really good character. And it's never like, you know, like just focused on or it's never like, oh my gosh, she's trans or whatever. It's just she's trans and that's how it is. Yeah. They, 
It's a main plot point. It's yeah, and not in like a derivative mean way. It's not, and and they actually like kind of bring up how people like uh, made fun of her and stuff like that. So, yeah, like at the beginning, they they make a couple digs at her, but yeah. That's also something I like is how they argue. It feels a lot more like yeah. people rather than just, oh, we're all happy friends. No, these are people who live, sh- like, in the worst po- yeah. parts of Japan. And they're just trying to get through the fucking day. And they're annoyed as hell with each other. Exactly. And yeah, that's the thing I kind of like is they start out just all hating each other. <laughs> like, like they were just living together to survive. Yeah. There wasn't it wasn't like a friendship or anything. It was just like basically more the need to live together. So and like Hannah and Jin at the beginning are constantly they're not Hannah and Jin, uh Miyuki and Jin are constantly at each other's throats. Like, yeah. Hannah has to break him up at one point, just being like, Okay, guys, it's Christmas. Jesus, can you get along for one night? One like, night. My god. It kind of reminds me of, um, oh, I forget Takahawa 1's D&D campaign. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember a name. I, got, I don't have it at the moment. But in it, uh, Gaijin Goomba plays a character uh-huh. who is like just a, like kind of an asshole towards everyone. And he literally just did that so that way there is some conflict in the group instead of everyone just being cheery and agreeing with each other. There is actual conversation between the characters. It makes sense, yeah. Like, you have to kind of have that foil to it just to make it seem more realistic. Yeah, to so. have a more human element to it. Yeah, and that's not saying, like, everyone has to be assholes or there always has to be an asshole or something. But yeah. personal conflicts of interest happen all the time. So, yeah. Conflicts happen with people. <laughs> That's just how it is, and it, it just kind of makes it all the more realistic. You're right. So there are some points though where it's like, holy shit, guy. Oh, there's some fucking mean ass lines in this. Like Jesus Christ. Like when Hana goes off on Jin, uh, especially in the hospital, it's like, holy yeah. shit, can you light up a bit? And in the graveyard, it's like, well, you just killed your entire family. So it's like, god damn. <laughs> Your actions killed your entire family. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ, oh Anna. Oh, God. Yeah, there, there is some harsh, harsh burns in this movie. Like, some of them are funny, but a lot of them are like, holy <laughs> shit. It's like, wow, this is a conversation I don't want to be in the middle of. No. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So. Yeah, and also all the performances. Fan-fucking-tastic. Oh, yeah. Everyone does a great job. All The, the entire English voice cast does an incredible job. So. Sure, Japanese voice cast does good too. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We didn't. We're dumb. American watch the dub. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't watch the sub. Yeah, we prefer the dub. So all Satoshi Kon dubs are fantastic. They by are. the way. Yeah, it's kind of, he's kind of like Shinichiro Watanabe. None of his material has a bad dub, really. So uh, Terran Residence does. I don't know that. I thought it didn't have a dub. Terran Resonance? Yeah. No, it totally has. No, a dub. you recommend me some show at the same time that didn't have a dub. Okay. Ah, we'll figure it out later. Okay, right, sorry, that was me. You forget. <laughs> I was going with the joke of it didn't have a dub. But it's okay. Never mind. <laughs> um, baby. It's a baby. <laughs> it's a baby. It, it is, in fact, a baby. It's a plot point, though it is kind of unnerving at times unintentionally. Oh, um, uh, yeah, the face is drawn a bit. <laughs> the face is drawn a bit. And at the end, when it goes, I want a home, I was just like, no, 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 do not like okay camera it can't hurt you <laughs> but it was so creepy it was so real you can punt a baby i can't punt a baby just drop kick children <laughs> justin kopelski 20, 2021 
2020-21. I almost said 2020, but then I try to correct myself, but I actually ended up finishing 2020. Mm-hmm. So I became 2020-21. Actually, wait, maybe punting this baby won't work. It survived that fucking <laughs> dive roll out of a truck. Right? His bones are made of steel already. Like, my God. Wait, how'd you get the baby after he rolled out? With the baby, he hit the thing. He kind of got knocked out, so she ran over, picked up the oh, baby. Oh, right, right. And then uh, Hana came over to him. and Yeah, she, to make sure he was okay. And uh, Miyuki chased after her. Yes, so. okay. Sorry, I was just forgetting the point where she grabbed it. I was like, wait, did she go back for yeah. it? Yeah, she did. No, Jin kind of got knocked out for a second, so. That poor taxi driver. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that is a great running joke. Where, like, they keep running into taxi driver who doesn't get them everywhere, and they end up destroying his cab in the end. Like, he gets to a wreck. <laughs> yeah, and when they, like, run up to him and ask where uh, Mayuki went, and he just kind of has his head down and lifts yeah, up his just, arm. <laughs> Look, there is some really good humor in this movie, too. It balances out the more serious moments really well. <laughs> you mean the rest of it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. I just don't know how to tackle all the seriousness here. So which one should we start with? Jesus. Let's start with the main one of, like, uh, feeling like crap and just your situation. I feel like shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, just a feeling of abandonment is a heavy, heavy theme in this film. Because, you know, um, Jin, at the beginning, supposedly his entire family's dead. He's on his own. Um, Yuki ran away from home. And she it, says, if I go back, because, you know, I stabbed my fucking father. Well, it's kind of like three different forms of abandonment. Like, Jin feels like he deserves it. Yes. Hana feels like she can't go back. Yeah, literally is incapable of going back. Just won't be accepted. Yeah. And Miyuki doesn't want to. She doesn't want to. Yeah, exactly. Out of fear of being abandoned. So it's like she's jumped ahead to just being abandoned. Yeah. So that that's, that is a very good description of all the characters' different abandonment themes. Yeah. So. Yeah, the scene that almost brought me to tears was when she was in the phone booth talking to her dad. Or trying to. Oh my god, oh. that was so hard to watch. I can't wait for Millennium Actress. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. We are probably going to need multiple breaks during Millennium Actress. I'm it's just going to be like Angel Beats. Oh yeah. Time. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with the uh, That's that's another fucking story. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah, that's we're... a heavy movie. <sighs> All right. But yeah, there's a heavy theme feeling of abandonment and just like, I guess not wanting to live is another one that ties into the suicide. So yeah, a lot of just feeling like they, like Jin is very, very much seems like he's just accepted that he is dead. Yeah. He's basically like, you know, he's accepted that like, oh, I'm just such a human piece of trash or whatever. I'm just a drunk deadbeat dad or whatnot. So yeah, just kind of trying to come to terms with that yet always I guess the positive of the movie is there is always that miracle or some um, bright side. Yeah, that's the thing. Like even in the darkest moments, the bright, there is still a shining light there somewhere. And even in the shiniest lights, there is darkness. Because everyone's life is terrible. I know. I know this is kind of unrelated, but that title just uh, hits me right here because in Metal Gear Solid Five, there's a mission called shining lights even in darkness and it is <laughs> it is the heaviest mission in the game and it made me cry so, Ooh, wait which metal gear five five oh no 
Yeah, that that was one of the. I think there were three Metal Gear games that made me cry. The first one, Snake. Well, Metal Gear Solid, I should say, Snake Eater, and that one. It just. Anyway, I'm still surprised I haven't hit any MGS Five spoilers. I know that's good. Keep it that way. I know. I'm just surprised. Well, I, I can explain why, but that's in our discussion. So we'll yeah. back to Tokyo Godfathers. Did you hack into my computer again? Maybe. God damn it! <laughs> I was wondering why I couldn't find two friends play of uh, MGS5. Oh, did you have to download that? No. Oh, okay. No, they, their channel's still up. That's good. I miss them. Mm-hmm. But they hate each other, so that's not my problem. Yeah. Speaking of hating people, what about yourself? <laughs> More thief. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Because, yeah, this movie does have several heavy themes, that just being the main one of just, you know, feeling of loneliness, isolation, self-loathing. Like, Jesus. And the snow helps with that so oh, much. Like, the does. scenes on the street feel cold. They do. Like, they, it really, you, you really get, like, the briskness and, like, the uh, of it all. Very gorgeously animated, that, so. Oh, it looks so just all the animation yes. is just fucking fantastic. Really adds like the atmosphere and the message that the film is trying to get across. So, and I do like how even though this is Satoshi Kon very much toned back, yeah, you can still tell it's him. Yes, I don't know if we've said this yet, but this is by far his most grounded in reality film. Yeah, that's usually why I recommend it most. Yeah, because he he was very much a surrealist. And, oh, but he loves his surrealism. He loves his surrealism, and like we've said in Paranoia Agent, he uses that just as a theme. He doesn't just have it surreal just being, for the sake of being surreal. He actually uses it to tie into the bigger themes of which, what message he's trying to get across and which form of media. Because that's the, that's the thing I love about Satoshi Khan is he has different messages for each different work that he has. Like yeah. Paranoia Agent is very different from Paprika or this movie. Like, yeah, he just really cares about people. That's yeah. the thing. And that's the thing, I guess, that I loved about this film was just the humanist streak about it. I mean, we follow three homeless people. Those are the main characters. And we find out that, like, even if you are more well-off and you have, um, you know, more money, that, like, even then, sometimes you don't live as well. You have the same issues being rich that you do being poor. Yeah, and I like that there isn't a moment where, you know, there's some big baddie rich yeah. man who's like you stupid homeless people there really isn't a main bad guy in this film is there it's um oh what's the word for it it's like a character versus world in the basically yeah because like the whole thing nature, yeah because the whole thing about you know the guy getting assassinated or whatever and that that very could have easily could have been a finale or something but it's yeah. just it ties into it's just a thing that happens because yeah. that just that, that's what happens in the world. It's like a very much a background drama that they just accidentally get involved in. Yeah. And also the only moment that like really talks too much about appointment and it's not played up like super over the top of we need to help the like some big message of we need to help the homeless. It's like no, yes, still help homeless, but also this is the life they have to live. Yeah. It's not that they're they're like the these leeches of society or something it's like they're just trying to get fucking yeah, by they're here. just trying to live they're trying to get by and like not all it's like not everyone that's homeless is like you know is a bad person there's some people who are just down on their luck and they just became Don't homeless any of them are people just say that to feel good about themselves yeah uh, well <laughs> we'll just say that for now uh, so 
It's a weird movie. <laughs> it is like it, it. It gets very heavy, but again, it's it's just it's very rewatchable. It's not. It's hard to watch in a couple scenes, but it's not like you know so oppressively heavy that. Like, yeah, this feels like like if someone was like, okay, watch this tw- two times in a row. I can. Yeah, absolutely. Also, something I liked too with the symbolism was kind of with uh, Jin and the old guy and Jin and the husband as well, because mm-hmm. like he was kind of looking at what he could become or what he was. Is what I took away from that because the homeless, the drunk old homeless guy, he was wearing the exact same clothes as Jin. I didn't even realize that the first time I watched yeah. the movie. He's wearing the exact same clothes as Jin and drinking the same alcohol that Jin is drinking. And I think he basically looked at it and is just like, "This is what I could become—just a sad old drunk person who just dies on the streets." I mean, I wouldn't call him sad. Well, not really sad, but <laughs> he was content. <laughs> he was content. But this... I love his joke of like, "I wanted to die." I drunk in a warm house. You served on me halfway there. <laughs> yeah, it was great. But uh, yeah, that and with the husband, like kind of looking at himself too, he's like, he's also a gambler. He's like, look, I won this much money. And he kind of looks down on him like, yeah, I used to be that way too. Yeah, I guess what? It doesn't work out, buddy. Yep. So I really liked that about it, that how like even when he was like, you know, in this like mode of just being drunk and being woe is me, that kind of snaps him out of it in a way. Yeah, well, also probably seeing his ex-wife about to jump off a building with yeah. a baby. <laughs> yeah. I was talking about Jin, not the husband. But oh, okay. Yeah. That too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I like how it kind of leaves it up in the air if everything yeah. is going to work out. Yeah, exactly. Like, it ends with all, them in the hospital, the baby is safe and with his family, and then uh, Miyuki's dad walks in, and that's where it ends. Yeah, and they're probably going to become the godfathers of the child. Yeah, and it's more ambiguous. Yeah, hence the name. So, like, it, it's not, like, super ambiguous. It gives you an ending, but doesn't give away too much. It still leaves a lot up to the imagination as to what's going to happen. Yeah, if you want this to go dark ending of everything goes back to the way it was, at I mean, not by the start of the movie, mm-hmm. it could. That is a, Very well could, but, yeah, it's one of those things that definitely, like, could change depending on a person's outlook on life or stuff like that, so. yeah. This does feel like a movie where there is some, like, nailed-down themes. Mm-hmm. But also, you can take it a bunch of ways as well. Yes, absolutely. Which is true for most of Khan's work. And, oh, it's so good! <laughs> That's the thing that hurts. And I know we mentioned this in Paranoia Age 8 episode, but he sadly died really young. I think he was only 46 years old or mm-hmm. something. And he made four movies and a TV show and, you know, a bunch of comics and stuff like that. But everything that he touched was a masterpiece. And everything he touched had these deeper themes and these surrealist themes. And he was so fucking good at it. <laughs> That's what hurts. <laughs> like, uh Yeah. I don't know if this is a fair comparison. But mm-hmm. as a way to suggest his work, if you really... This is going to sound like a very weird comparison. Mm-hmm. But if you did enjoy Bo Burnham's inside and the deeper themes throughout that, especially after the halfway point of the special, Mm -hmm. you will enjoy Satoshi Khan's work. Absolutely. Very much exploring the human experience. Yeah. It was uh, pancreatic cancer he died of. I forgot what he died of. How old was he? 46. You were right. Okay. I just said, yeah. (laughs) Jesus. 
but yeah. I do wonder what he could have done. He does still technically have a movie in the works, mm-hmm. but it's been trapped in production hell called The Dream Machine. Yeah, Dream Machine. Like, there have been other artists who have been trying to finish it for him and stuff like that, but it's just been kind of trapped in this limbo for years now, I think. Ever since his death, actually, I think. Yeah. So. Which, uh, you... <laughs> It's not, that's also not symbolic, the title. It's literally a robot with dreams. Yes. <laughs> Appar- according to the plot synopsis, we have, that has leaked every once in a while. Yes. So, but yeah, so this is definitely, and, and the thing that, like, we can't really say, oh, this is one of his better movies or his worst movies, because all of his movies were fucking good. I think like, all of them are 10 out of 10. All of them are easy 10 out of 10s. Like, it's insane. <laughs> but if you, I had like a gun to my head and you had, I had to say which is the weakest this would might be it but that's just because I love surrealism hell yeah but and it's like you know we're saying it's the weakest the same way you're saying an episode of Cowboy Bebop is the weakest instead of a 10 out of 10 it's a 9 out of 10 or something like that like hell honestly at the it's not even that level it's more of like which brick of gold is do you want the least yeah honestly <laughs> it's it, all of them are just incredible in one way shape or form so we cannot praise the man he was amazing <laughs> um i do like how everyone lied about their past everyone lied about something yeah whether it be like their entire past like Jin, or just parts of their past i guess mayuki doesn't lie she just withholds information yeah withholds information it's her parents will not will arrest her if she comes back yeah that's all we know but um hana said her family was dead not true her mother's Mom's still alive. alive yep uh Jin said had a bunch of lies as we oh know. yeah i guess that is also a difference between them of how they're accepting of the situation yeah how they kind of deal with it too like, like mayuki understands why she's in this situation mm-hmm. but doesn't want to really accept the way of going back yeah Jin has made up a better excuse for why he did just so he doesn't feel as shitty mm-hmm and uh hana is giving herself a reason why she can't go back yes so fuck i love this movie (laughs) it's really fucking good like you know i honestly because i saw that this was the last movie i saw in theaters before 2020 happened before 2020 went full swing let's say right before coronavirus struck yeah because it was uh, a fathom event Check out Fathom events. They play older movies, and you get to see it in theaters. It's cool. Hell yes. They're you doing saw, Promare later. Yeah. You saw Blazing Saddles through a Fathom event, right? I did. Yes. Which, it sucked, because no one was into it. Ah, that's always the worst. It was like a late showing, too. It was right after Gene Wilder's death, so I think everyone was just uh, out of it. That's fair. But I saw it with a Fathom event, and I thought going into this, it'd be like, okay, yeah, this is like 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10. But goddamn more of the themes seeing it a second time is like fuck yeah it's better than i remember because i'm mad i want to dislike what can you make one bad thing (laughs) honestly didn't like was there a quote or something that said something similar to that (laughs) i forget but i'm thinking of only of civvy's quote for new blood like can you guys make one bad game so i can hate it that was what i was thinking of yes (laughs) i knew it was from something but uh yeah so yeah, and that's the thing that's cool about rewatching films as well is you can pick up on some of the themes that you might have missed the first time. Yeah, so, and I'm sure Satoshi Khan has a ton of those in his movies. Let me say that. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, if you're you're curious, definitely check out Tokyo Godfather's great movie. So. I do also love the editing in the movie. Yeah, editing's really nice. So. I know at one point it kind of confused you mm-hmm. with when Hana first coughed up blood. Because yeah, you don't really see her coughing up blood. You just hear her cough, and then like you see the blood dripping on the ground. I was like, did she get hit by the car or something? Because an ambulance flew by. No, the point. first time she did when going to find. Uh, Miyuki in the alley. Oh, is that what the blood was? Because yeah, it, it was because it transitions into yeah. showing Miyuki stabbing her dad. Because it was dripping onto something. Like she walked by and it kind of panned up to show blood. And I thought it was like dripping from like a body or something. I was like, the hell? No, you could hear her cough a bit. She okay. stops at the corner, coughs, yeah. and then moves on. I didn't ca- pick up on the cough. That mm. was why I was confused. <laughs> yeah, it does, is also such a smooth transition. I kind and Satoshi kind of is a surrealist. I understand yes. the confusion as well. <laughs> yeah. Seeing of which, I just find the credit scene hilarious because like the buildings start dancing the music. I was like, he he just wanted to get some surrealism in there, didn't he? <laughs> I still think my. I know we already mentioned it, but I love the angel joke so fucking much. Because <laughs> right? you think it's like, oh, it's a vision or something, but no, it's just someone dressed like an angel. <laughs> do you do you want my magic or an ambulance? An ambulance. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> just goes, how rude. How rude. It's uh, great. So definitely check it out. So good. Yeah, uh, it's a very good Christmas movie. Very good Christmas movie. And if you want to get into Satoshi Khan, a good start just for his work in general. Especially if you don't so, like surreal stuff. Yes. So. Or if you haven't experienced surreal stuff. Yeah. Another fun edit is the establishing shot when looking down. Mm-hmm. And then you realize it's Miyuki's uh, point of view. She spits down and then it goes back to the shot. That was cool, yeah. Ugh. See, which Miyuki's adorable. I love the way her face is always animated. Oh, yeah, her face is so stretchy. It's the most cartoony yeah. out of everyone. Yeah, but she always has like, these hilarious facial expressions. Like, mm, or, mm. <laughs> yeah, did you see that, audience? Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just love making fun. Yeah. <laughs> We slipped that when we're gesturing to one another. Yeah, like, and yeah. there's no camera or anything. Just... No, not this time, at least. Not like movie month. Uh, Shh. already said, though. I know. <laughs> but spoiler. This is... Also, I'd just like to note, because I decided to count recently, this is the 81st movie we've covered, including TV movies. So that's both Ian of the East movies, Enter the Florpus, and also both Scary Godmother. All right. I know. Those, I guess those are TV movies. Yeah, that works. Nice, nice. So eighty-one. What will be the hundredth? Who knows? <laughs> do we do something special for it, or do we just let it decide? We probably should do something special for it. Now we already have enough specials. Let the wheel decide. All right. Uh, do we have anything else on? I think that's about covers it. So or that about covers it. There we go. There's no S there. God, when we do the recap of the director's wheel. It's going to be such a fucking bitch to put these in order. Yeah. Because I honestly don't... I still don't know. <laughs> God. Because if you don't know, we do a thing called uh, the final spin of Wheel ba ba It's where we go back over the wheel and in case we missed anything, yes. if you guys tell us something, or if our opinions have changed... We can update or correct things. We've only done that what, once so far? We've done it twice. twice. We did it with the first wheel as well. Yeah. That was episode 45, which I should just upload. No, I know. I forgot about the second wheel one, though. So Yeah, we did that recently. Yeah. Because we're on the third wheel now. I know. Yeah. But, and we usually put thing, each category in order, so we're going to have to do that with directors. And God, I don't know what we're doing for Satoshi Khan. <sighs> so what's your number one? All of Satoshi Khan. All of it. <laughs> 
You can't do that. All of Satoshi. Our list. Fuck you. Yeah. What were the best movies on the wheel? Well, all of Satoshi Khan. Yeah. At number one, all four of them. Okay, look, I will tell you right now. I don't think any of these fucking movies will beat Satoshi Khan in our eyes. No. We're, it, we are extremely biased here. We are, and we will fully admit that. So, number one, we can probably safely say right now, is Satoshi Khan. Is uh, Satoshi, is one of Satoshi Khan's things. I will make the rule this. If we are able to figure out which Satoshi Khan is our favorite, whichever, can be different for both of us, we're only allowed to put one in the top five mm. of this wheel. Okay. I think that's fair. I think so. Otherwise, the top four would just be Satoshi Khan in order. Yeah. <laughs> in whatever order we want. But anyway, <gasps> uh, we are still on... Di- this is the last spin of Director Wheel, isn't it? Yep. I believe so. Wait, what was... Fr- no, this is our third. Third. Yeah, third spin. <laughs> then after that, it's our last spin of Director's Wheel, and then we go back to Sellout Wheel. It's how the show fucking works. Yep, yep. Anyway, spin... No. What is it? Well, well, we'll kind of discuss it next time because we need to talk about Kevin. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Feeling like a massive sack of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I forget the director's name here. We will look her up before we do the next episode. But uh, uh, she doesn't make very happy movies. All of them are supposedly horribly depressing in some way. What are you doing? I was just seeing uh, the director's name, Lynn Ramsey. Lynn Ramsey, that's it. Yeah, don't look up the movie because I don't know if it will spoil it. I'm not going to. So She's a Scottish director. A Scottish, that's what she is. From Glasgow, damn. Anyway, uh, that will be next time. We're going to have a fun time. Are you ready to have fun? It's fun. Trust me. You know, this is her lighter movie. You don't know that. Uh, <laughs> I know it's a lie. Yeah, I know I'm lying to you. <laughs> anyway, we'll see you next time, guys. Yay! Yay! Merry Christmas! Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Cinema Roulette. If you want to interact with the show more, you can follow us on Twitter at Roulette Cinema. If you wish to follow our hosts, Justin is at JK Pancake on Twitter. And Cameron is at Cameron Picks Inc. on Twitter. If you wish to watch a video version of the podcast, it can be found on the YouTube channel CamCam. Thanks again to Teller's Place for making the base art for all of our thumbnails. And if you enjoyed the show, please remember to subscribe or rate on whatever podcast app you use.